Hi, I'm Jay Handelman, the arts editor of the Sarasota Herald Tribune, and I'm joined here with Tom Becknell on the Arts Writers, who has produced a three-part project that we're calling The Work of Art, looking at how artists survive in today's climate in Sarasota with the cost of living the way it is and the salaries that they try to make uh, don't necessarily cover those costs. So, um, Tom, let's talk a little bit about first what led to this project and the idea for it and what we're trying to uh, cover with it. I, from the beginning, I was much more interested in, in the individual artists than the, than the big picture. It started with the individuals more than a, a grand scheme of things. And it's kind of frustrating. You know, in, in Sarasota, we have this this art season in the, in the winter, and it's so busy, and things go forward and forward, and, and we never seem to have enough time to, to settle down and really profile artists and talk about the things off the stage, which oftentimes I, I'm fascinated by. And um, the one thing I started with the, the series was let's let's talk to these local artists, our artists, our neighbors, about how they live, how they work, how they get by. And I think uh, supporters of the arts, fans of the arts, I, I think we're we're you know it's easy that these people lead these these glamorous lives, and and often that's not the case. The the person you see on stage getting standing ovations often, quite often, has a second job, a third job, just to pay the rent, to pay their bills. And I thought that's an, that's an interesting what they do and the glamour of what they do and then the reality of the sacrifices they make to do what they do. I mean, I've always been reviewing community theater here as, as well as a professional theater, and I'm always amazed at the dedication of these people because you know they're not being paid as amateur performers right. for the most part who work regular jobs uh, all day and then go out visual artists or performing artists, they're all doing the same thing that they're, they may have jobs that are related to what they want to do. If they're a singer, they might have other singing gigs. A lot of musicians in the orchestra are teaching or um, doing other performing with other uh, groups, uh, but they, you can't make it just doing the thing that we know them for. And this isn't a, a pity party. It's it, it's 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 to me. It's much more of a, a challenge to to describe their lives. In fact, I'm talking to these people, and and I before we say anything else, I should plead guilty to falling in love with each and every artist I, I interview for the the story. I, I I find myself just absolutely admiring them, and I look at my own life. You know, I've had the same job for 31 years, and I'm like, I, I feel they seem so alive. And and as as a journalist who's interviewed many 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 people. They are so good. They're good copy. They 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 are living it and they feel it and they believe it and they don't hold back. And, and I'm sitting there interviewing people and they're just astonishing me with the, the candor and 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 the, the willingness to describe their, their highs and their lows. And I think a lot of people, myself very definitely included, I think I think a lot of us couldn't quite manage that. And they do and it, and it's so it's so interesting. It's so revealing. Well there's yeah. Something I've often been asked, like you know, by actors, local actors, you know, if they should go to New York and try to to make it, and I always hesitate and say, well, if you have to ask me, then you don't have that drive. But it's that drive you have to have. You 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 need talent, of course, and you need a bit of luck. You know, you get cast in the right show or you paint the right painting that gets seen. But you you need a a lot of ambition and a lot of aggressiveness to to be seen. To, to make it in whatever your um, field is. And, um, but even doing that isn't necessarily enough because you, you know, people have good jobs. I mean, they, 
the, the salaries aren't terrible that they that they make, but they're not necessarily working. You know, an orchestra musician works for a season. An Oslo actor works for three months in the winter, perhaps, or just the run of a show, which might be you know several weeks of rehearsal and then a month of performances. So we see them doing all the things that they love, and you know, you could leave here and you may not work for six months. Right. When I'm interviewing, when when I was interviewing these people, a lot of times I, I told them the story of my own daughter, who is one of these people. She she went to school on the Gulf Coast. She went to the New World School of the Arts in Miami. She lives in New Orleans now, uh, doing plays and musicals, but also working at restaurants. And now she does some after school programs uh, uh, with some of the charter schools in New Orleans. And as I interviewed these people, I'd always tell them about my daughter, and it was something we could totally share. And they're nodding their heads. Because they know that I know at least a little bit of what they're doing. Uh, and there's a real camaraderie in that, that, that I definitely wanted to sort of uh, uh, find my way into. Um, it's that just that, that passion for it. And at the same time, you know, at, at, no matter how long you've been to it, there's, there's a little bit of a fatigue and, you know, oh, gosh, this and that. I, I was just talking to my daughter last night, and she was telling me that, that maybe now she's reached the point where maybe she wouldn't necessarily – accept the job just because she always wants to be working. She always wants to be working. She always wants to be working. And it was surprising to hear. I've not heard that before. And I guess maybe she's done enough uh, uh, work now where she feels like, you know, if, if this isn't moving me forward, then, then maybe I wouldn't necessarily take this job. And I, I thought that was, that was interesting. Because and, you she's, do, and you do have some examples of, of people who, after they get married or have kids, their priorities change, that the stability of a full-time job or a regular job with normal hours or some kind of normality to it, which the arts never is, um, becomes more attractive, as it would for anybody. You can understand that. But it's, it, it, it changes your focus. And, and it doesn't sound like the people you've talked with that they're settling. It's like they're making choices to stay related to what they love, but in a different way. Right. We should stop right now and talk about some specific things, because that's one thing that the, the, the series is, is, is very straightforward. It's, it's not tricky. It's not fancy. It's, it's sharing these artists' lives as simply as I can manage it. And uh, even though it's, it's just one of these long newspaper things that lasts several days and it's pretty lengthy, I would certainly hope that it's readable as heck and that you can dive in and dive out. We, we've got Ringling graduates who are working at a, a, a tattoo parlor on Main Street. We have uh, classical musicians who are managing brew pubs on Clark Road in, in Sarasota. Uh, we, the, a guy who sort of took over our, our second day story is, is Leon Pitts of the, the West Coast Black Theater Troupe. In fact, it, it, he almost took over the whole story, and, and I had to struggle to get people in because his story was, was so good, and he was so candid and open. He's a 37-year-old man who just got his actor's equity card. And when I went talked to him, he had just gotten it. And I looked at him and I smiled and I said, show me. And he looked at me, he says, what? I said, you know what I mean, show me. Oh my God. He pulls out his wallet and, and just the look on his face. And I was smiling and he's smiling and we're sharing this moment. But this is a big, big deal. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily get you more work and everything that, but it's, it's, it's an affirmation. You either have one or you don't. Right. And, uh, and I thought that was just magical. And then he's also telling me about his day job. You know, he struggled. You know, how do you work at night? Well, you have to work during the day. And he's done security work. He's, he's worked at stores like um, Sam's Club. 
But that's tricky. You know, you can't work a night shift. You can't work weekends. So what do you do? And so he's got a new job. He's, he drives a garbage truck for the city of Sarasota. And that's very good news. That pays better than his other jobs. And it's early morning. So it's not an easy schedule. He did that last year uh, during, um, what was the show? You would remember better than me. It was... Uh, Soul Man. Soul Man, yes. And so at night, he's performing. Sarasota crowds love this guy. You, you've talked about this. Yes, they do. Hooting, women, hollering. Women scream for him. Standing ovations. And he soaks it all in, goes home, and gets up at 4 and 5 the next morning to drive this garbage truck through Sarasota. And, and, and he talks about, you know, a lot of this is really humbling for artists. And he, he, we talked a little bit about that. And he says, you know, this is, and he says, this is not easy. You know, he's talking about this is, not, this is a smelly job and they're unpleasant things. But you do it, you do it, you do it because it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. So I, the, 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 the purpose of these stories isn't to sort of, oh, woe is me, woe is me. No, 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 no. It's more like let's, let's understand how much this means to people. And we don't need to get into numbers now, but we, you're, you're dealing with salaries a little bit about what the, their weekly wages can be versus the cost of living here. Uh, we're, you're dealing a little bit with the initial talk now of developing a, a thing called Art Space, which is a nonprofit that's been setting up live work studio spaces um, for artists and, and performers, I guess, uh, around the country. And they're now talking about doing that here. Uh, but the, the, there's, and, and you also have you've an interview uh, with a man who sort of gave you some perspective of, of, of the reality. I mean, you've got people like Victor Dorenzi from the opera who talk about, you know, uh, the young singers who come to him who's, who have spent a fortune in school Artists going to Ringling College come out with a lot of debt, and then they look for jobs that, unless you're getting paid as a top animator or producer at Disney, you're not. It's going to take right. you a long time to pay off your uh, student loans uh, because you don't make enough to to deal with that. Right. I'm I'm blanking on his name. He was one of the last people I interviewed for the stories. A guy at the University of Michigan who teaches um, arts entrepreneurship. Dworkin. Uh, Aaron Dworkin. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, Oh, what a fascinating guy. And he's also one of these people. He's a violinist. In fact, I was teasing him. I said, when was, when was that moment that you realized you weren't going to be Itzhak Perlman? You know, you, you, you put your head down and practiced for, for years, for decades. And he was talking about that. He, he's, he was an undergraduate in college. And, and he started a program uh, to, to promote uh, orchestra work and orchestra, orchestra jobs for, for minorities. And, and he says that's when he realized that he, he wasn't going to be a guy in a black tuxedo playing on the great stages of the world. That was just not going to happen. Even though he's extraordinarily talented, even though he'd spent years of his life, his career was going to be in promoting the arts and arts education. And he too finds it a little frustrating uh, and, and important to him for, for young artists to know the score going in. I mean, these are, these are powerful, powerful dreams that we are talking about. And, and a lot of times, um, the, the, the young artist might not even want to hear what people have to say, but the message is that, and he, I, thought he was, I thought he did a wonderful job of explaining it. He says, you know, if you want to go for it, great, great. Just know the reality going in. And the reality is University of Michigan might have, I don't know, four or 500 classical musicians in the program. And he talks about the importance of, of, of schools looking at the, not just the, the 10% who make it, but the 90% who, who don't 
as performers. But it's not 90%. It's really more like 99.9%. And so even at a fantastic school, if you are not the absolute best performer, um, your career is, is not going to be playing for a major orchestra. And we totally see that right here in Sarasota, the Sarasota Orchestra. When positions come open, this is a highly competitive audition prog- process. And, and musicians around the country understand if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're a cellist, if you're a trumpeter, there are, there are a handful of jobs each year. And, and your whole life, your whole future will revolve around this, this audition process. And, and, and one, of, one of the few stats I wanted to highlight in the story is if you win this, this, this coveted position, your starting pay at the Sarasota Orchestra will be $35,000 a year. And, and that's actually pretty good money in the arts, but it's way less. Uh, a starting school teacher in the Sarasota County Public School System makes forty-three. And so it, I, I thought that was a, a, a juxtaposition there. You graduate, you get a, a bachelor's degree in education, you start working, there's your job. While you spend 10 years at conservatories, you're at Juilliard, you're at Carnegie Mellon, you beat every musician in the country for this job, and you will make less than a person across the street um, teaching second grade or, or high school or whatever. Which and, is why they're taking jobs doing private lessons or teaching in schools when you know in between rehearsals and performances. Absolutely. I don't, I, they were telling me that they, they don't think anybody out there isn't moonlighting or doing other gigs uh, or starting their own uh, uh, chamber music organizations and, and, uh, and, and things like that. And it was, it was interesting to see so many of the, 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 the artists I interviewed. I asked them, I said, you know what, what how did you make it and how do your friends not? What was the difference? What, what, what set you apart? And so many of them told me that it was absolutely not talent. It, it, was, it, was, it was drive and, and, and people skills and communication skills, but talent is almost a given at that level. It's, it, it's what you do with it. And that's something that, that the, the, the series tries to, to explain. Even something as simple as, as being a visual artist. I talked with Tim Yeager at, at, at the Ringling uh, College of Art and Design. And, and he talks about, he's selling, he works at this university and, and community and, uh, and, uh, and college relations. And he's also a painter. He sells his paintings, which means that he goes to these art shows and he talks to people about his work. And he was talking about, you know, you're not going to sell many paintings if you can't talk to people. And so everything is, is communication and salesmanship and management. And the idea that an artist can be somebody in this sort of ivory tower and, and, and do these beautiful canvases and the people rush to pay them. No, that's, that's not the way it goes. Well, this is a, a really, I think, a, a really interesting anecdotal, very, it's kind of almost casual. It's very easy to read. But I lots, hope so. lots of stories about you know, actors that people know, musicians they know, people like David Breitbart from the, from the Oslo Rep and Summer Dawn Wallace and Brendan Reagan talking about the weird jobs that they've had, dancers from Sarasota Contemporary Dance, some of the musicians with the orchestra uh, and the Venice Symphony, all the things that they're doing. Uh, we hope you'll uh, take a look at this three-part series we're calling The Work of Art. It's going to be in the Herald Tribune and online, and uh, thanks, Tom, for talking about it. Absolutely.